What's going on, guys? It's December. It's December, and we're back with another Rosati Spatty cast on my own. So I get to lead my own show. Our show. I get to lead our show. But no Spatfora. It's around exam season. I don't blame him. He's been grinding and studying, and I have been doing 100% less of that. I'll tell you that much. I'm just kidding. I just have an essay due Friday. Fuck school, man. I just keep talking about it. It's coming right up my ass. Friday night at midnight and then the exams next week. But I'll be back in Calden in a few weeks. Excited to bring on a few, few special guests I have back home that want to be on the podcast. And they'll be live with me, not over the phone, like I've been trying to do with some of them, but no one's come through. But anyways... So I actually have someone in person, and I have a few, few special guest hosts, guys who I've been to school with, you know, who I've wrote or die with, you know what I'm saying? Like something like that, um, who love sports and stuff, and they want to be on the podcast. So we're going to put them on the podcast, really excited for that. Anyways, let's get into the show. It's a long intro. I'm ready, I've been waiting for this one actually, because there's been a lot of news. Now I don't know what I want to start with sports or if I want to start with poker or where I want to go with this but essentially I think I'm going to start with sports because there's so much stuff in the NHL and NFL and with the ice dogs I want to talk about that I just couldn't wait um, to get out of my um, chest and then I may be releasing a podcast with a few friends about poker or just on my own I haven't decided that yet maybe I'll add it on the end of this episode I don't really know but we're just taking this on the fly right now. Lots to talk about. The We talked about Sheldon Keefe, unfortunately. We've talked about Sheldon Keefe, and it's been really good. And I like what he's done. But shortly after, Kyle Dubas brings back up Hutchison and sends back down Kaskiswell. And my only initial reaction to that news was... And we'll get into Bill Peters. Don't worry, we're going to talk about all this. And also, uh, something just came out an hour ago. Um, but it has to do with the Leafs. I'm going to lead it off with the Leafs. Let's do it. The Leafs right now, I don't know what Kyle Dupas is doing anymore. I, th- I see how why he would fire Babcock, especially after um, there are reports that he's the worst person I've ever worked for from a few um, old uh, uh, Red Wings. Then he's been told that he's... Uh, the worst coach to work with, he's a horrible person and stuff, and we don't want that in our locker room, but I just don't think that he's making the right move anymore, man. I I gave Kyle Dubas so much credit for the Kaskaswell switch, and then he brings back up Hutchison. And he was good with the coaching switch. Like, I love Sheldon Keefe. I like the style of play now. They look like they have the energy, that offensive firepower that they were supposed to have and that they do have, and that they haven't found, and they haven't been playing with, they've been playing dumping pucks in this style of hockey that they don't need to play. It's just totally out of their element. It's totally out of their element. And now they're playing a style where I'd like it, where they're driving, the, uh, driving into the lanes, driving in the corners, working it out. Now they have Hyman back. Now they can work that into their system. They just sent down Nick Shore because Marner is coming back, which has really been... Out of this offense. And you look at it now. And it's kind of like. The way I look at it. Is it's kind of like. Retrospect I guess. You look at it now. And you're like. They're doing good under Keith, And then you're like. 
holy shit, dude, they still don't have Marner. And injuries have really plagued the Maple Leafs. And it's not, I don't think that they have a excuse for injuries and whatnot. But I think that now with Marner coming back, this will definitely help them play better hockey. They're not in the playoffs right now. Like, what the fuck, guys? And it comes down to the whole Babcock news about Babcock. Apparently, it was released that he was in the room, and it was confirmed by Marner as well, that um, in in the rookie year in 2016 for Mitch Marner, Babcock said, make a list, top 20 guys in the room who works most hard, and we share it with all the guys. And you know it's from coming from Mitch Marner, and you know that he he he's not coming, he's like, I'm going to write some names down. Or whatever, you know what I mean? He's not trying to target you. He's just doing what the coach says. And I think that was really shitty. But now you have Keith, And now you sort of wrote your goaltending problems. And I don't want to put it on Babcock because we talked too much about coaching last episode. And now you're bringing up Hutchison. And you're sending back down Kaskiswell. What the fuck are you doing? I, The thing is with this. I was talking to Spat 4 the moment it came out. Uh, beautiful coach, by the way. And we're talking about it, and I'm, t- I'm, I'm. This is the way I look at it. You don't give Hutchison, or you, you don't give Kaskiso a fair shake. Yeah, six goals is bad. I get that. I know hockey. All right. Yeah, I know six goals is bad. But you didn't get. You only gave him one start, and it was under Babcock, the coach that you were hanging out to dry. The fuck are you supposed to do with that? That is not a number. Number. Uh, a number where you can. You know, play with. It's not anything that, you know, should be deterministic of Hutch's or of Kaskiswo's play. And then you just send him down again. He's hung out to dry, excuse me, by the guys in front of him. He's completely hung out to dry. And he's under this coach that's not even the coach anymore. And you're taking those numbers literally. Like, fucking guy. I don't understand what they don't like about him. I I think that he has played excellent in the American League, and he definitely deserves to, you know, have a few starts. And they just bring up Hutchison back, and they they and they they're like, okay, we're gonna try something new. All these fans have been saying, let's put Hutchison at the front of the back to back. You know, put Anderson at home in Hockey Night in Canada. Great, I love that. I love that. But. When you have a guy who's posting a 444 and an 897, you can't even fucking start him. You can't even fucking start him. And you put him in that game, and he played like... I was watching this. Keep in mind, 12 bars an uh, event where all these college people go out drinking, and I partook in it. Had a few beers in me, so I was not happy. You have a 2 nothing lead. I don't see any problem in the... The defense for the most part. Nothing um, to Kaski Swole's element. And you let a four unanswered in the second period. You let a four fucking unanswered in the second period. Like, how can you do that? I don't understand what wakes up Michael Hutchinson in the morning, but it shouldn't be letting fucking four goals in in the second period. That's what it shouldn't be. And I know everyone's defending him like, oh, look at his numbers last year. He was good. Oh, he was set up to fail. He was set up to fail. He was set up to fail. The Maple Leafs were on rest. And I'm... I, okay, I guess I'm... I'm being hypocritical saying that... Kaskiswo didn't get... A start. Um, 
or whatever a fair shake and he got one start and he got hung up to dry whatever and i guess the american league is way different than the national hockey league but you can't tell me you can't tell me that kaski swell would have done worse than that he was the leafs gave him a chance to win the Leafs gave him a 2-0 lead, a 2-0 cushion. You can't score all your fucking pumps. And they even got four goals back. Man, I mean, I guess it was too late. It was already 5-4, five, five, so it was like... And the empty netter goes in, and it's like, well, fuck. But honestly, let's look at his numbers right now. Let's look at fucking Michael Hutchinson's numbers right now. I'm going to search him up. I haven't looked at them yet, but I was trying to get that right across. You, I think you give him one more game, man. And he's got, it's this week. It's either today or tomorrow, wherever... I don't, I, haven't, I don't know if it's confirmed. It's either Philly or Colorado. That's who you're picking. Because I can't see fucking... I can't see you play him against fucking Philadelphia tonight. Well, I, put, I won't be watching the game. But if I know that he starts tonight... Because I have, I have work to do. But uh, I'm going to look at the scores and really take away from the numbers perspective. Because I love looking at the numbers. The guy's got a 455. It went up. Point one for his GA. His save percentage is 876. I might have been doing him a favor by uh, ballparking at 895 before. Like what? He's letting 28 goals in 7 games. 28 goals in 7 games. He's 0-5-1. Give the guy a fucking break. Just send him down. The guy's played six, seven fucking games. With 6 decisions. He's only played 370 minutes and he's letting fucking 28 goals. And I get it. He's a backup. Okay? He's a backup. He's not so expected to be like the savior of this team. But fuck, when you win, what was it? Four in a row? Three in a row? It was three in a row. Until the back-to-back. Four of the last five. So I'm not disappointed in the least play. Anderson's played 21 games and let up 52 goals. And if you divide the 52 by 3, right? Or if you... Actually, let's appreciate it over that value. So he's got 28. So what's 28 times 3 to make it equal over the three games? If if Hutchinson stays on this pace, he lets in fucking 84 goals. That's 32 more than Frederick Anderson. What are you doing in Toronto, man? What are you doing sending this guy up? Fucking Anderson has a 247 and 921. And you can't play him every night. I get that. Okay? It's selfish to you. It's selfish to the team. Hutchinson's supposed to be in his fucking prime right now. Towards the end of his prime. And he's putting up 455. He's aging out early. And the Leafs need to realize that this is not the guy that they need in the fucking team. They don't need this guy. And don't get me wrong. I was really happy to see Hutchinson up on the team last year. Somewhat. And then... He still posted a 238 last year. He posted a 238 with a 914 last year. Or, that's 15. Sorry, 15 Winnipeg. But he still posted a 914 with a 264. Not bad. Not bad. 264 is not bad. But the year before in Florida, the reason why he's not playing on Florida after Winnipeg is he posted a 418 with an 830 fucking 9 in four games. If Florida's so smart to get rid of him, why the fuck can't you just put him in the American League? He comes back from two weeks. He has his interview. He says, listen to this. He's like, yeah, it was a long two fucking weeks. Well, you fucking deserve it. Buffalo's not fucking good. They're out with Aline. They're in the third spot in the Atlantic. So I guess they are good. 
But they were, you were fucking rested against Buffalo. There's no way you should be losing that game or making it close. It's fucking unbelievable. Are you kidding me, though? Honestly, on in retrospect, how the fuck are you losing to Buffalo? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. But it, it starts with the whole general general management, and it starts with knowing that you have to let one guy start over the other. Honestly, that's what it is, basically. More or less. Fucking awful. I just don't. I don't know. Neil Mizra, how you doing, sir? Pop it in on the podcast mid-recording. Oh, man. Jeez. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about something? Absolutely. I went on a fucking rant. Okay. About what? About hockey. You won't understand it. I'm just here for my man. Oh, of course you are. Guest appearance. I didn't even fucking know he's going to show up. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyways, a lot of stuff in the NHL to deal with, including the Bill Peter story, and he has been he's resigned since everything came out. But man, that was a fucking saga. The fact that he u- used that derogatory language towards a player of color, I don't understand that at all. Like you understand you that there's all these allegations on a guy and. I don't think it's fair to Bill Peters, because you get all this shit on Babcock, right? And then you fucking, it goes to Bill Peters, a guy who's not even fucking, his team's not doing well, but it doesn't have anything to do with him at all. He wasn't involved in any of the stories. He, like, not none of that shit. And then you get this guy fired, and lo- a fucking good guy loses his fucking job. Because, moral of the story, there's a reason why Carolina fired him. And then you pick him up on a good team, they do well, and now they're doing shit. But you don't tell me you don't know these stories beforehand. You want to say you want to deal with it in management. Why are you letting it get out? This doesn't look good on the Calgary Flames organization. This doesn't look good on the National Hockey League. Especially because it happened... This incident in question that started all the Bill Peters drama happened 10 years ago in the American League. So you know about this story. Especially the National Hockey League. There's no way that this is the first time hearing about this story. And... I'm really disappointed in the National Hockey League. How do you not fi- How do you not be like, listen, this guy can't work in the in one of the greatest leagues in North America? Because that's what you're trying to market it as, right? You're trying to market it as one of the greatest leagues to play in the world in hockey, the National Hockey League. If you think of the U.S., one of the biggest nations, one of the most powerful nations, and 24 teams play in it, you're thinking about. One of the greatest hockey leagues. And this doesn't look good on the NHL. Like, every time you think... I, I think about guys that I've, that are my roommates last year who are mainly into basketball. And you think about, you know, they said they were in hockey as kids. But they're out of hockey now. You know why? It's stupid shit like this. It's stupid PR like this. And it's running teams like this. Like, guys are getting kicked. All this shit that's fucking coming out right now. What the fuck is happening in this league? I don't know how Calgary doesn't know this beforehand. Toronto obviously knew about Badcock shit beforehand. It's happened with Medano and all this shit when he left Detroit. There's definitely stuff that they heard. And Lou brought him in anyways. And then you see the team go. It's okay if they succeed. They make the playoffs, fine. Against Washington. Not, a, not really a fair game. They go to six. Fair enough. They play Buff, uh, Boston... Again, since twenty third uh, for the, in twenty seventeen for the first time since thirteen, they lose. All right, now you're relating it to the twenty thirteen team shouldn't have been there. 
Toronto should have been there, and they almost should have won. And then you go to 18, and you lose again. Now, I don't understand why this drama has to come out for Kyle Dubas to use his part of his contract to fire him. They didn't do good, and whatever, and all that. And But anyways, going back to the fucking Calgary Flames, because I'm mad at the least uh, front office for that, because now if they lose, it's on Dubas. I swear to God, it's on Dubas. You can't blame it on Marner. Anyway, but like stuff like that shouldn't be happening in this league, and they should have dealt with it way beforehand. This should have been out here way before. I just don't like shitting on anyone's grave and you're fucking doing that now. Hines just got fired after 7-1 last night in Boston and New Jersey. And the thing about New Jersey um, that I want to put in retrospect is how do you lose 7-1? 7-1 Buffalo. You have Jack Hughes. You have P.K. Subban. Your goaltending's not great. You got Taylor fucking Hall. And there's a lot of rumors that he's going to go. Well, as, as as reported, John Hines, I haven't heard him kick anyone in the fucking back or whatever all this shit that's happening with other coaches that have been fu- that have been let go or resigned lately or just gone. But he's getting his assistant to um, fill in as his replacement. They're last in the Eastern Conference. Or the 15th. They're not Detroit. And it's really a bad showing. These, This is supposed to be one of the good teams in the Metro. If you tell me now that New Jersey's struggling. Besides Corey Crawford and his goaltending. I couldn't tell you why. And they have the offensive threats. That they should be outscoring most of their games. They, I mean you can't score outscore 7 goals on Buffalo. That's not just going to happen. Especially on home ice for Buffalo. When you're on the road. But this is really bad. Well, the Devils. And at least they're capitalizing on it now. But it's a little bit too late. And we go into this whole prospect of will Taylor Hall be traded and I don't know if you can find a suitor right now I know there are teams that could but for the return that you want I don't know and if you're really honestly if I'm the devils right now I'm making a move soon and I'm making a move I'm shipping out Subban and I'm shipping out Hall I mean you have to keep Hughes because he's young and you got to keep Heischer because he's young but you got to get rid of some of these fucking veteran guys that you don't need on a team that's going to suck. And if you can get value out of a, a Hart Trophy candidate like Taylor Hall, if you can get value out of a guy like, you know, P.K. Subban, now, instead of lose him, you just got to take the value now. You just got to do it. So that's basically that, more or less, in retrospect. I just don't know what's going to happen in New Jersey. And, you know, the thing that really gets on my nerves about that one is that it's a till of the can, more or less. It's just rough for them. And hopefully they can regroup. And hopefully um, they'll be on the right track, more or less. All right, that was enough. Wow, I just ranted about the Leafs for like 10 minutes and then put 7 minutes of why are the coaches fucked up in the league. And that's more or less what it's been like lately. It's not been pretty. It's not been great. And here we are. Alright, let's get into the best segment of the podcast. Stay on the hockey scene. The Nide Rice Dogs are picking up wins. They're picking up wins and I fucking love it. I fucking love it. It's long fucking overdue. And they're picking up wins. They're picking up wins now and they're going to pick up wins. Now... Ever since last show, I don't remember when the last show was uh, off the top of my head. It might have been like 
just over a week ago. It was just before Thanksgiving, actually. I think it was the Saturday before Thanksgiving, the 30th. Since the 30th, on the 30th, they played Windsor. They won there. Uh, they played, or it might have been the 23rd. They played Windsor. They won 3-2. They played the, the, um, the Sting. They won 5-2. They went into North Bay. They lost. This is going from most recent to the last recent. Then they beat Barry 6-2 in Oh, it was the Barry game, so it was the 23rd. So since then, they're 1, 2, th- they're 3-1. They're 3-1. They got 6 out of a possible 8 points. They're fucking playing good. And it comes into tomorrow on the road, on a long road trip, since they played Erie when I went to go watch them uh, late November. It comes down to tomorrow against Owen Sound. Owen Sound, um, Owen Sound is, you know... Uh, they're in the West, and they're on the bottom of the Midwest, but they're about the same amount of points as Niagara. And they got a f- probably a few games in hand. I think they got three. Uh, they got two games in hand. And this is a team where you got to pick up points, and they're going really hot right now. I don't know what it was. I don't know, you know, what's fueling this run, but it's got to keep coming. And it's got to keep coming now, and you got to gain points on them now. Looking at the standings right now, you're third in the Central Division. Okay. You got 26 points in 27 games. Not great. You're not picking up at least a point per game. But really no team in the O is really doing that. No, Not a lot of teams have over a point per game. Especially the ones in the lower end of the pack do not. And I think now, the Colts got four games in hand, five after tomorrow. If you actually did it play tonight, I don't think so. But... If you win, you're tied with Barry, and Barry has lots of games to hand with you, but you just got to go ham. Sudbury's within distance now. It looked from when you guys, when they had six wins, now they have 11. I remember saying, guys, wake the fuck up and get wins. And now they got 11. Their plus minus is minus 19, and that's not really been more so for the fact that the some of the games they've lost, they've just got blown out. 7-2, you can't. That's minus 5 added to that thing. And you got 91 goals on the year so far, which is second in your division. It's actually f- fifth in your conference, I think, or sixth in your conference. But uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, sixth in your conference out of 10 teams, so it's not fucking great. It's on the lower half. But if you're outscoring and you're winning, it's good enough for me, honestly. You just got to pick up the pace. And they have decided to pick up the pace. I, don't, I haven't been able to watch... Uh, any road games besides the Barry one, they look pretty good in that one when we finished the podcast, I only watched a little bit of that. I still got to catch up on most of the games from November and the ones I didn't get to go to. Um, but this is the time for them to capitalize. They got Sue on December 5th for their tight toss game. They got Sarnia on Saturday uh, at home, and they just beat them a few games ago. And then they got London. London's going to be a hard game, but they're at home. They got three straight home games after Owen Sound after this long road trip. They gotta capitalize because then they're going back out to Peterborough and then they're going to Ottawa and then they're home to Kingston and they're going out to Erie. So a lot of road games this month. And they've been it feels like they've been playing a lot of road games this month. But had a lot of home games in the early part of the season. I'm fine with now having your road road games, but now you gotta win. Now it's about winning. And you have some teams that you can capitalize on, like Ottawa or sorry, like uh, Owen Sound tomorrow. They're they're uh, fourth in the in their uh, Midwest. They're just above the Kitchener Rangers, who haven't been playing ideally well this year either. And I know I have a few 
uh, Kitchener Rangers people that I know. Um, you know, they got the Sioux. The Sioux have been pretty good, but they're at the bottom of their conference. They've been playing good games. They're, they're bottom in the West Division. But, you know, they have been playing all right against teams that the games that I've watched. And they've got 113 goals this year. Like, they're not too far off, probably winning some really close games, more or less. Or just losing them, for that matter. And then you got Sarnia after that. You just beat Sarnia, like I said. Sarnia is where? Where's Sarnia? They're in the West. They're right above Sioux. Two points out of the Sioux with a game in hand. That's another team you can capitalize on. That's worse than you. Then you got London. London's always good. Fucking London's top of their division. That's going to be a hard game, but that's a game that where you have to push up the pace. You've been playing so well lately. If you take that into the next few games and then you come home against London, you're doing good. And I don't really know if it's much to say. I think it's more the success solely for me, for the the uh, Niagara Ice Dogs, has solely relied on Akil Thomas. Akil Thomas, and everyone know, everyone thinks that I'm riding on him really hard or something like that. But, man, this guy has played phenomenal this year. He's got 42 points in, in 24 games. He's got 28 assists and 14 goals. Playing really good when I've been there. You know, he's on a great line. Uh, the Lodnia line. Uh, Lodnia's on his line as well. Lodnia's played well. Like, it all starts with Akil Thomas. And that's why they made him the captain this year, I think, in my opinion. And he's showing why he should be captain. He's putting up points. He's took a little bit. High of a penalty count for me. Caught 40, minute, 40 minutes last year. He's got 26 this year. Ideally, not on the pace you'd want. He's definitely taking a few more minutes. But he's showing that his physicality from the penalties that I've seen that he's taken is a lot of, um, you know, sticking up for penalties. And it's good as a captain to stick up for your guys. So I appreciate that in a sense. I think if he can limit that down and keep him... Uh, keep the boys out of penalty trouble will be good from here on out. He's out score. He's scoring a lot and he's setting up a lot of good goals. A lot of them are tertiary assists, but the guy's been raking in it. And hopefully by the end of the year, uh, this year, this calendar year, uh, he'll be at like sixty-five, and that'll be a really good pace for him to play to. Thirteen points in this month, and I think he can do it. So, for uh, in terms of the Niagara Ice Dogs, I think that they're at where they need to be right now. They should be doing higher. I think no one expected this team to be good. Tucker Tynan's really showed them why he deserves to be a starter, and Sprawley has Sprawley got his first win not too long ago. Um, I think it was against Barry, and yeah, more or less, it's just proving them wrong. And I think they've done a good job of it here. They're in a playoff spot here, but now is the time where you got to rack up points to defend against the games in hand, and it all starts with. A schedule where I think that they can pick up points. Even if you pick up one, it's better than none. And we'll see where they get from there. But they're playing to a level right now ever since they've had six games. They've got five wins. Uh, they've got five wins of the six games, and they haven't lost that much. So they're playing really well. And they're playing to a level that I'd like to see them play throughout the rest of the year. At least till the 31st. And then from the 31st, you can reevaluate and see what level they need to play. Whether they fall off in their, this month with too many road games or they're on a really big heater, can they afford some parts of the schedule to slow down and just focus on their play? That's it for dog watch, pretty much. And then now we'll get into NFL football. Ooh. Most of you that know me know that I'm a huge 49ers fan. 
And those of you who don't know me, welcome. I post about it 24-7. And actually, before we get into the 49ers, because, you know, I like to talk about them too much, let's talk about the Bills. Let's talk about the Spatty Cass team. Or more or less, the team that he wants me to talk about. Because, you know, I didn't watch a lot of football for a very long time, and now I got into football. I mean, man, the Bills are clutch again. They're 9-3 and three now. Um, they were Thursday. Uh, I think they played in the afternoon. Man, they played excellent in, da- in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Hard to play. Um, Josh Allen, 19 for 24 with 231 yards and a, and a touchdown pass. And then they got Josh Brown, uh, 1 for 1 with 28-yard TD pass. Not bad. Rushing, not bad. Allen got 4.3 yards per carry. Pretty good. Uh, they got Gore, 1.2 yards per carry. Pretty good. And Ruben, or Robert Foster, he's got 7 per carry. He only had 1. <laughs> but it's okay. It looks like they're getting a really good part of the run game. Josh Allen seems like he's running for about 5 yards, which is good for a quarterback. Um, they're obviously getting the points. Um, Cole Beasley had 110 yards um, and one touchdown with six receptions, so that's pretty good for him. Uh, I, you know, Josh Brown was <laughs> had 26 yards receiving, pretty good. Um, and, yeah, again, for me, it looks like, oh, they give up three fumbles, or one fumble. Oof. I think it looks good on them, though. I mean, they have one fumble recovery, at least. Josh Allen uh, did not throw an interception, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, more or less, it looks like they're doing good. They really controlled the scoring, it looks like. I didn't get to watch the game, but they only held they only held the Cowboys. They only held Dak. Oh, they didn't really hold Dak. He had 355 yards. But with a quarterback who's throwing 355 yards and they're not winning the game, I think that really looks good on the defense of the Buffalo Bills. And he's only through two TDs. They forced the interception. He's 32 for 49. So he's playing the whole game. Um, and they had a lot of plays, which just shows you that they're really slowing down the op- They're really slowing down the offense, which is good for the defense. Josh Allen only need 24 plays to win this game. As a whole... Uh, John Brown got was one for one, so they only had twenty five plays, as opposed to forty nine. So in about just over half the plays, the Bills were able to put up twenty six, whereas Dak only put up fifteen for his team. I mean Zeke Elliott was good at rushing. He he got six, which is really scary, and so was Dak Prescott with six point three per carry. Um, honestly, I think that's might have maybe where the Bills went wrong. They let too much rushing yards, um, per per on on average. I mean, seventy one yards is not a lot of rushing yards, but it's really substantial. And if the Bills want to gain my respect, um, they gotta stop that run game of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel. You know, it's gonna be a good run game. And more or less, that's what it is. Amari Cooper had eighty five yards. Um, no touchdowns. Zeke Elliott got 66 in receiving. He got a pretty good day for fucking Sunday. He's got over 100 yards there. Um, and yeah, more or less. I mean, Prescott fumbled it twice. And Elliott fumbled it once. But 
more or less. Doesn't look bad. I don't know how many rushes and carries they got, but good on them on their defense um, for playing it the way that they wanted to play it. Looks like they got their game plan done. They won the game against a really key uh, team that they have to they had to play against, and we'll see down the road. I mean, it's a um, I'm pretty sure it's a divisional opponent. Maybe it's not. No, it's not. It's the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm dumb. Um, but mo- more realistically, it's good to see them play to a level that they can play at with the Jets, Dolphin, and Dolphins really shooting the shit this year. Um, it's good for them to be in the middle of that division the way they are. They're just behind, they're really on the Patriots' tail. And, you know, if the Patriots fuck up next week, um, I don't know who they're playing yet. That AFC East could be a split. So, I don't know. I don't give them enough credit for the way they're playing because the, you play the Dolphins twice in the year. You play the Jets twice. You play the Patriots twice, so good for you. But, I mean, they've won three in a row. They're four and one in their last five. They're better than the Niners in the last five and the Patriots in the last five. The only team they're not better than is the Ravens. And there's a few teams that are 4-1 and one that are in the top spots in the AFC. But they're looking good, no less. I mean, if you think about it, if you, ever play, if you play the Redskins and the Giants every once in a while, it's really easy for you. I mean, the Giants are 2-10, and 10, so... <laughs> I mean, if you're playing at a significant level where you can get in the playoff picture, then the Bills are doing it. And I really haven't given Josh Allen credit. And personally, from my perspective, I don't think Josh Allen deserves credit for 231 yards. Like, it's an okay game, but it's nothing spectacular. It's not like... I mean, keep in mind, he didn't fumble as much, but there's not more or less... You know, fantastic. It's not like 400 yards, you know what I mean? It's nothing really substantial. And then, yeah, more or less, that's what they need to do. And speaking of football, because I'm tired of talking about the stupid fucking Bills, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't get offended. Jimmy G, baby. We get into the Niners. Tough loss on the road in Baltimore. Against a really good Ravens team that is on top of the power rankings right now. And honestly, I can't go against that. Now the Niners dropped a third from their first spot, which they've held for most of the year. Um, and maybe that's just to lack of the score. But they got 165. He had 165 yards and threw a TD. No interceptions this week, which is good. Mostert was good on the run game. Excellent game. He picked up 146. 19 carries, he had 7 per, seven per. Debo Samuel had 1 carry for 20, Tevin Coleman was a little rough on the run game, Garoppolo even had a run, Kittle ran for one time for a loss of 3, which I was really pissed about, but whatever, at least it's good to see him back in the lineup, Kendrick Bourne was good, Saunders had 6, six targets, he was playing good with 41 yards, Debo Samuel had an important TD catch, like, Man, it's looking good. And Mostert had the other TD. And then we had a field goal. But it was basically too late. But it all comes down to the missed field goal um, at in the end of the second quarter. For for me. It was really rough. We got to the 47-yard... Um, we, we had a 47-yarder with two minutes left. And we miss it. 
And that was our chance to tie it going into the half. The the second half of this game, you didn't miss much. You know? The second half of this game, you didn't miss much. But in the first half, it was heavily weighted towards scoring. Like, you have that first uh, touchdown right off the bat. Uh, Garoppolo to Debo Samuel, like, like we talked about, really important. And then you gave up a fumble, and that led to a touchdown. And Lamar Jackson had a good pass to Andrews, like, just wide open. And then you have another touchdown at the end of the first quarter, where you have Jalen Hurst. Um, oh, never mind. That was about the <laughs> shotgun. You have Lamar Jackson uh, running in for a one-year touchdown. Why? And then you have Ramey Mostert get his touchdown on an insane run. He played 40 yards. Just beautiful run. Love every fucking single second of that run. And then you have the field goal from 48 yards out by Baltimore, which has just been awful. Or, sorry, from 30 yards out. And then San Francisco misses the field goal. And uh, where's the end of the drive? From 51 yards, it was blocked, but still, that was a key part for our, our line there on the special teams to fucking block, get something in front of it. And it's just really fucking depressing to watch a team. Well, it's not depressing to watch this team. I've been through worse. I'm just happy that we're here right now. But teams make that those subtle mistakes. When it comes to playoffs, you don't get another week to play. You're just getting sent home. And if the if they want to play really good, special teams need to be a factor. And I know it was blocked. And I know it was rough. But you got to make those fucking field goals. And then Baltimore fumbled. Now we made a field goal. Now we're 17-17. And, and we go to the first quarter where they turned it over on downs. And then we went for it and turned it over on downs. We're not the Baltimore Ravens. We can't just fucking run the ball. And that pissed me off a lot because there was... Because there was, what, was it 3.10? Or is it 3.10 elapsed? I don't remember. No, that was the, that's the play time. At the end of the drive, you got so much time. And you have time to, you know, maybe punt it and give yourself a last-minute possession. But you can avoid a field goal if you can hold them there. And they start from the Baltimore 35, and they get that, and they get that a fucking field goal right, right at the end of the game. And... What was the worst part for me was the fact that they blocked ours, but we couldn't block theirs. But more importantly, we turned it over on downs, something we shouldn't have went for. We should have just been smart. If you look at the end of the drive on that drive that we turned over on downs, it was fourth and one. But we could have went for it at the Baltimore 35, and we could have just been happy with a field goal. It would have been tied. Now, I'm not no Kyle Shanahan. Okay, I haven't been around football enough to be in Shanahan's position. But you have to realize... That at some point you just gotta take the points you can get. If you can't, if you fourth and one, and seven, and you're gonna gamble for seven, you're not always gonna get seven. You but if you can get three from optimal field goal range, go for the three. Like why the fuck are you gonna go for seven when you might not get seven and not go for three when it's a pretty easy kick? Robbie Gould is back. It's not our rookie quarter or our rookie kicker anymore. I forget his fucking name. That's how relevant he was. And kind of salty about the fucking kick he missed against Seattle. But. We have a kicker who's coming back from injury, yes. But there's no reason to not 
there's no reason to not trust him on this play, and I think that was the downfall. I think you want to win by more and not go to overtime again, fine, but you knew it was going to happen, and you knew it was going to bring you in the astronauts three seconds left, they call time, and they bring on the special teams. So you think that you can block something, and you can't. I mean, it's hard to block a kick, but I would have liked to see a little bit more force in that play, and that was really heartbreaking to watch at the end. But now now with uh, what happened in the Monday Nighter, I want to look at the numbers because I haven't looked at them yet. The Seahawks win, and now they're top of the division because they beat us in one of the games. So the only team we've lost to in our division, the NFC West, is this team. So what happened yesterday? What happened with the Vikings? Kirk Cousins threw for 276 yards. That's not bad. Russell Wilson threw for 240 and with two TDs. They both threw two TDs and one interception. Kirk Cousins just had a few more plays. What happened? I don't get it. Literally, the Vikings had a 27-yard run by Stefan Diggs. Like, I don't get it. Like, they have a few TD passes. It looks like they're okay. Um, Their defense looks pretty fucking good. I don't get it. I'll never fucking understand it. He's he had one field goal and he's three for four at the kicker. There's nothing three points wouldn't have swayed this game. If you look at the Seahawks, they didn't have a rusher over five per carry. Well they had Travis Homer with one thirty yard rush. But you don't you besides him you don't have another runner over five. So there's nothing really spectacular about it. You got DK Metcalf with 75 yards on six, on six receptions. You got David Moore with 65 yards on two receptions. Like, I don't get it. DJ Metcalf fumbled it and lost it. For fuck's sakes, man. The thing about this league that pisses me off is how can you be a top seed and lose it? And because you lost to that team once, you are the same level and now you're a fifth seed. You're not even a fourth seed. You're a fifth seed. Because it's not your division. Oh my god, it's going to stress me out. Anyways, I guess that's what happened in the Seattle game. But, more or less, I guess that's where we're going. Um, on a level where we need to be better. The Patriots lost to the Texans, Texans this week. That's their second loss. And their first win against the Pats since week 17 of 2009. So I'm telling you right now, a lot of people had their money on on the Patriots, and they lost a lot of their tickets that way. The Steelers beat the Browns. Not really a surprise, but... Excited to see that for them, because I know Sutter Bowes, huge fan. And he went down there, so it was worth it for him to go down there. Broncos Chargers. The Broncos beat the Chargers. They're both shit. The Rams beat the Cardinals 34-7. They're awful. Oh, my God. Not the Rams, I'm talking about the Cardinals, obviously, but that's bad. <laughs> the Packers beat up on the Giants. Makes sense. I thought they were bad. The Packers were 3-0. and um, They're a 3-0 record following a loss, so they haven't lost after... They haven't lost two in a row. That's pretty good for them. The Eagles lost to the Dolphins. What a choke show. Most points... In the game since week 9. I thought they were supposed to go 0-16 this year. Is that the Bungles? 
Well, that's rough. Uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Chiefs dummied the Raiders because the Raiders suck. They're six and six. Jaguars and Bucks. I'm surprised the Buccaneers won a game. Uh, the Bengals are now one and eleven. They beat the Jets somehow. That's their first win in three hundred and fifty days. That's rough. Well, good for them. They they won a game. So there will be no zero and sixteen year this year, which is awesome. But they're still gonna tank every other game now, and then, much like they should. The Titans and the Colts. The Colts fucking lost one, man. I don't know what happened to the Colts. They were looking like they were good without Andrew Luck, and then now they're falling again. The Redskins beat the Panthers. Oh, my God. This league is fucking broken. It's the Redskins' first road win versus the Panthers, too, since week 15 of 98. It's been 21 years on the road in Carolina for the Redskins to win in a shitty year where they're only 3-9, and nine, and the Panthers can't beat them. And there are people saying that the Panthers... When the Panthers were four and two earlier in the season, I guess they're one in fucking five since. That oh, they're gonna be so good. They're gonna give the Forty ers a real shake of their money. Yeah, okay, come talk to me when they're actually good, man. I was scared for Cam Newton too, and Cam Newton hasn't really been playing well this year. But come on, man, something better than that. Uh, fucking, it's the fucking Redskins for fuck's sakes. And that's pretty much it. The Saints, who are our opponent this week, they won 26-18. And then Bears-Lions, sleep fast over there. Let's look at week 14, the upcoming week, with 14, 15, 16, 17. Four weeks left of the season. This is the week that means the most. Thursday-nighter is the Cowboys and the Bears. I want to sleep to that one. On Sunday, Panthers-Falcons, shit and more shit, Ravens-Bills, dear Baltimore, please beat the Raven, uh, please beat the Bills, thank you very much, uh, then the Bengals and the Browns, the Browns get their sixth win of the year next week, Cleveland, the Redskins and the Packers, I will die. Because it's three nine. Uh, the Redskins are three and nine. The Packers are nine and three. If the Packers end up losing to the Redskins, I will laugh at Lambo. Oh my god. And then Broncos and Texans. These are all afternoon games so far on Sunday. Uh, that'll be a good game. More in the sense that the Texans actually can go somewhere with their eight and four record, and the Broncos cannot. But can they play spoiler? We'll see. Then Lions Vikings again. I know there's important game, I guess, in the sense that the Vikings can go somewhere and the Lions are just absolute shit. They've got shit luck. Then the Forty ers and the Saints one o'clock in uh, New Orleans. So I'm hoping for them to win. But I don't know if they will, I guess, in a sense. They're playing a good team in New Orleans, and everyone knows that they are a good team, and no one's saying that they're not a good team. But man, oh man, will I ever be thankful for a win if they win. All the way down to Louisiana on the East Coast. Man, this is a game to watch, Um, especially the fact that 
you got two QBs and Drew Brees, and um, who I believe is starting, and you got Jimmy G going at it again after a roughish week with 165 yards. The offense is six. We have the best defense in the league. The 49ers do. Um, excited for that game. The last time the Saints killed the Niners in 2016. That was the rough year of us, for sure. But this is a new team. They are way better than they were in 2016. I can tell you that much. 2-14. Um, and 14. That was 2-14 and 14 year that I awfully talk about. Um, but, I mean, they have good passing. Not as good as the Saints, but Drew Brees is a god. And they're second in rushing. So, I, I mean, I think the way to beat the Saints, more or less, is to run it on the ground and play good defense. But after Baltimore, I don't know if we can stop a good a good team to the capability that we can stop a bad team at. And that's something that um, we're going to have to work in practice with Robert Sala. But that's behind closed doors that I'm not a part of, for sure. And then we got... The Dolphins and the Jets, sleeper fest between two shitty teams. Then the Colts and the Bucks, again two middle of the pack. Well, I'm not shitty teams, but on the lower end of shit. Then the Chargers and the Jags, shit fest at four o'clock. Why can't the Forty Nine ers be at four o'clock? Whatever. Anyways, should be at least prime time against these good teams, man. Once you see this, you should be able to adjust the schedule. Steelers and Cards. At 425 in Arizona, I mean, it'll be a good game in the sense that I know the Cardinals can play spoiler. They almost did it twice to the Niners, but will the Steelers be able to last that? Probably. I won't be surprised. Then Chiefs and Pats, and I think the Chiefs are going to win. But the Pats put up a good game. That's going to be a good game at 425. That might be a game I have to skip studying at 4 after the Niners game and watch that one till 8 o'clock because that's going to be a good fucking game. Titans-Raiders. Again, shit and shit. Seahawks, Rams. Shit and shit. Oh, well, Seahawks, Rams. Sorry, good. Good. I just don't like the Seahawks. They are actually good. And then the Rams, who are way under expectations after playing so good last year. I don't know what happened with that organization. But they're the primetime game. And then Giants-Eagles is the Monday nighter. And that's going to be a sleep fest. In the sense that the Giants are going to lose again. And... At this rate, if the Bungles can put something together, we'll have, the, we'll be last and probably have a good chance at the first overall pick. Um, but yeah, more or less, that's it for football. <sighs> long podcast today. Well, not really that long, but I got everything out that I want to put out about this week, last week, and my opinion on the firing of the coaches. I think that's it for today's podcast. Whoa. No wine boxes are ripping. <laughs> Lots of wine. Anyways, that's it for me. I am Adrian Rosetti. Rosetti's Buddy Cast. Fire. We're on top of the world right now. I'm living my dream of making the podcast. We'll be back at you with probably some more in-depth analysis of the Maple Leafs and how I think they're playing under Sheldon Keefe if there's any adjustments that need to be made. Anyways, that is it. Thank you for listening. appreciate it. I'm going to run a sponsor segment at the end of this, so you could probably just skip the rest of it. But um, just stay tuned. I really love Anchor. If anyone wants to call, uh, be on a show with me, just let me know. You can do it through Anchor now. I just found that out actually before this podcast. Um, I love Anchor a lot. Anyways, guys, I'll see you guys in the next one. 
peace out and we'll be back very very soon probably right after exams at about middle of december with pumping out podcasts almost every day because i'll be actually have time to watch sports anyways take it easy guys